John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, it's the High Game Podcast. It is the High Game Podcast. I'm coming in hot again, John. Coming in hot like you do. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about guitars, namely... Yeah. Special editions. Oh, okay. Yeah. That seems fine. You have one in front of you there. I do. I guess. Where are we recording from, John? We are again in the basement in West Seattle, Washington. You have referred to it as a bunker. I'm sorry to say, Ed, I did not get the swinging light bulb and the sand and the oil drums and the shell casings. Right. Have you watched any Station Eleven? The whole thing. Oh, did you? You finished it? Yeah. Oh. Did you finish it? I haven't. Oh. Vicky and I have been just consuming it kind of slowly. I think we're at about the halfway point. It's awesome. Yeah, you like it. I do, a lot. It's post-apocalyptic. Speaking of bunker stuff, yeah, you know, there's the occasional bunker in that show. There is. Bunker type thing. I really like the author. She also wrote The Glass Hotel, which is very good. Not sci-fi specifically. That's an interesting part about it, isn't it? Normally you have this kind of post-apocalyptic thing. And the storyline includes, to a large degree, the phenomenon of apocalypses. Whereas this relies more heavily, in an apocalyptic context, on the relationship between people. Human interaction. Yeah, there's definitely that coincidental nature of people. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's a
beverages in? Uh, Bonnie, Bonnie, Rate? Wait. No. Bonnie. Bonnie Tyler. Tyler. Yes. Full disclosure. Yeah. We were going to have an interview today with our man Jimmy Watkins mm-hmm. of the Vega Bodegas. Yep. He lives in Wales. The Running Punks. The Running Punks. He's in the Running Punks. Yeah. Unavoidable circumstances uh, <laughs> prevented that from happening, but I thought I would play the Bonnie Tyler anyway. Yeah. As a nod to our man Jimmy Watkins, Bonnie Tyler from Wales. Yes. The funny thing is, I've been talking to Jimmy on social media since before this podcast started. And then once the podcast started, I was like, you should come on. And he has always been like, that sounds great. We should do that. Let's do that. It's like some white whale interview for us (laughs) where... We've scheduled it, and your computer melted down. We've just had no end of Little Catastrophes. The name of my next hit single. Little Catastrophes. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But what are you drinking? I have a coffee. Yeah. And this O-W-Y-N, Owen, 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 Only What You Need is the abbreviation. Yes. O-W-Y-N. It's a protein shake, 35 grams of plant protein, zero sugar, 230 calories. Yum. Not great is how I would classify it. Is it supposed to have an actual flavor? Chocolate. You know, there's pictures of chocolate. Oh. Which makes you think it's chocolatey. No pictures of plants on there. No pictures of plants, (laughs) but pictures of chocolate. And I would say it leans more into the plant than the chocolate. Does it have a slogan? Fueled by the truth. Fueled by the truth. That sounds very punk rock, rock and roll. Okay, where are these cats? Oh my God. What? Only What You Need Incorporated. Fairfield, New Jersey. Fairfield, New Jersey? Couple of Jersey boys out there banging out protein shakes for Ed. How about that? I guess I don't picture Jersey boys as being real vegan-y. It is the Garden State. Oh my gosh. I've probably been unfairly characterizing New Jersey. The garden part of the garden state mm-hmm. is, in fact, lovely. What does that mean? Garden-like? Lots of farmland. Oh, okay. Jersey tomatoes. Got it. It's very nice. How far is that from the Pine Barrens? Pine Barrens are even further south. Okay. Where they go to bury the bodies. Exactly. We used to take field trips when I was a kid to the Pine Barrens, and we would go visit the Cranberry Bogs. Which sort of in the Sopranos is where they like dump a body and I think it gets found, right? I don't know. But yeah, it's creepy down there. Oh yeah? Yeah. Creepy's cool. Yeah. What are you drinking? I've got coffee as well. Yeah. And as if that's not enough caffeine, I'm doubling down with a Coke. A classic Coca-Cola. Yeah. Red label. Big corn. Plastic bottle. Yep. Empty calories. Horrible. Who knows what the final of that song will be. But you had the Walrus Audio slow pedal. Yes. And... The Chase Bliss Automaton preamp Mark II. You and I have talked about that pedal. Yeah. Did we talk about the pedal in an episode? Yeah. How come I don't have one of those? I don't know. I don't either. I've got an SG today, Ed. SG is one of the best Gibsons. It is one of the best Gibsons, but we're not talking about the SG per se. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, we're talking about special releases. 
This SG happens to be from around 2000. Okay. In 2000, trying to leverage the new metal movement, mm. <laughs> I guess Gibson thought it would be a really great idea to put out a series of guitars called the Gothic series. When I think of new metal, 2000s, you said? Yeah, maybe. Like, isn't new metal earlier than that? Or am I crazy? It was Lollapalooza 99 was the one that was such a shit show. So what year did you say this was? This is 2000. The Gothic series all up yeah, would okay. have begun around 98. Okay. Height of new metal, yeah. I guess. And they did this across multiple models. This SG, of course, the Flying V, the Explorer, and a Nikki 6 Blackbird bass. <laughs> sure. And what distinguishes it, at least on this one, is there are no inlays on the neck except for at the 12th fret, the crescent and star emblem. Yep. The fretboard is ebony, which is kind of nice, and everything else is murdered out. None more black. Yeah. It's a satin nitro finish, and all the parts, all the hardware, everything is black. Yep. And on the back of the headstock is a picture of our man Orville Gibson. That's a hell of a mustache. Yeah, very devilly. He just looks like old school miner guy. That guy was devilly. Was he? Well, that guy was out there. He was born in New York, but eventually ended up in Michigan. Some say because he was maybe ill and was going out to Battle Creek. Oh. To the Kellogg Sanitarium. Really? Are there confirmed, like, he spent time at the Kellogg place? No. Okay, perfect. But Great. it is confirmed that his health was poor. Sure. And he would continue to have those kind of health issues till the day he died. He eventually moved back to New York for the quality of the air. Way upstate New York, near Canada. Man, I just picture the Northeast as just so brutally cold. Like, I picture that place as you've got a month and a half or two months of beautiful summer weather, and then it just starts snowing and just snows for the other 10 months out of the year. Beautiful summer weather depends on your tolerance for uh, extreme heat and humidity. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Upstate New York, that is not where I would be going for my health. Yeah, maybe not. There are a lot of more temperate climes that I can think of than upstate New York. There's a reason I go to Palm Springs when it's 110. I'm into it. Let's see what this thing does. Okay. That Kellogg Sanitarium was wild. I think they did a lot of weirdo butt stuff, you know? A lot of enemas. Eat a bunch of cornflakes and shoot tonic water up your ass. Which, I mean, <laughs> neither of those sound terrible so i suppose bubbly. maybe that's fine i think i should like the black on black murdered out thing but you don't i don't know i don't know if i do on this guitar i think i'm gonna use this word intentionally it kind of looks cheap i wish the hardware was matte too Maybe that's it. It's like a matte body, but the pick guard and the hardware is glossy. Yeah. And so maybe there's a difference there that makes it kind of weird. I bet I would like it more if someone had played this thing for the last 20 years and it was full of wear. Yeah. I bet these might wear in really nice. This looks brand new. Not bad for something that's this old. 20 years old. Yeah. I think the uh, crescent moon star thing is 
kind of cool, but maybe a little bit try-hardy, you know? I wondered about that, too. A crescent moon perloid inlay at the 12th fret. What is up with that? Yeah. It is a symbol older than dirt, thousands of years. Oh. And has traveled the globe. The Shriners use it. The Masons use it. It's on the flag of several nations. Is it on the flag of... Man, I'm going to say words and then I'm just going to show myself to be an idiot. Like, where geographically would I associate that symbol? I would say North Africa, Morocco, like the coast up there. I think that's probably a good guess. Libya. Yeah. It's on the Turkish flag. Turkish. Yeah. Okay. It's been used over the ages in political contexts, in religious contexts, as well as just generally cultural contexts. Sure. It's one of those things, almost like the swastika, I guess, that is also hundreds and hundreds of years old, and then we know what happened with that. Did everyone see Ed make just that crazy, like, face, like where I suck in and like, ooh. Yeah, that's the thing about ancient symbols, isn't it? Some douchebag comes along and appropriates it, and then it's like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, they kind of really fucked that one up, John. They fucked that one up real good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's an intentionality to Gibson putting that symbol on that guitar, and I'm just not certain what that is. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So I go back and look. Okay. And in 1898, our man Orville, he's in Kalamazoo, Michigan, mm-hmm. starts making mandolins. Right. And the uniqueness about these mandolins was he carved the top and the back, and even the sides were solid wood. They were incredibly durable and resonant because it was all solid, no laminate. Right. And that was unique at the time. He filed a patent. And on the headstock, 1898, was the Crescent and Star. Huh. What's that have to do with anything in 1898 in Michigan? Was Orville a Mason? It is not known. What is known is that in Michigan, there was a kind of concentration of Masons. Yeah. Also, though, and probably more likely, he got the inlays cut for him by either a Turkish or somebody from that part of the world craftsman. Okay. And possibly just said, like, hey, I need an inlay. Yeah, that looks really cool. And the guy said, I can get you a bunch of these for this cool price. Yeah. Orville was like, great, I'll put those on the headstocks and my mandolins. Hmm. We don't know whether Orville had any sense of the history of the symbol or just thought it was cool. Yeah. But his earliest instruments had that on it. And that must be why that symbol is on this guitar and Orville's picture is on the back of the headstock. Imagine in 200 years, someone decides to make something and wants to pull a symbol. And it's like the hammer and sickle. Yeah. Right? Like, there's certainly a lot of history with that symbol, but then, like, it's a cool symbol. Yeah. That looks rad. Can you imagine if somebody in 100 years or so is combing back through history looking at symbols and icons and just pulls up some innocuous thing and uses it for some despotic authoritarian (laughs) dictatorship? Like, what's that on their armbands? Is that the USB symbol? Oh, yeah, yeah. They had this thing called a USB cable, and it had a symbol on it, and it was... I'm trying to remember what the USB cable symbol is. I think I better put that on headstock or something. Yeah. Okay, so TLDR, we don't know exactly if he 
intentionally picked that symbol or just yeah. thought it was cool or happened upon it. Yeah, I'm more apt to believe the simpler explanation, which is there was a guy making these cheap enough that he could buy a bunch of them and he thought it was cool. Man, I don't know. Because today we sort of think Freemasons and stuff and uh -huh. it's this weird fringy thing. 1860s to 1890s? Uh-huh. They were a powerful institution, you know, using the symbology of that, whether or not you were even in the Mason, probably didn't hurt. You could be absolutely like, right. I don't know which one is more likely. It almost feels like a coin flip. I'm in the neck position. Yep. I am in the bridge position. I'm in the middle. Mm -hmm. Turn on our good friend, the preamp Mark II. We often wonder about special edition guitars and why some are successful and some are not. This one wasn't really. The sales were slow and they discontinued it in 2003. Yeah. So only a couple of years could you get these gothics. Yeah. Some of the other models, like maybe the Les Paul or the Explorer, plus or minus some years past that, but all up, short-lived. Right. Why do you think they do that? They're trying to just appeal to some niche market. I could almost imagine that they would do something like build a special edition like this, pointed at a very specific market, and actually not expect sales to be great. I could see the sales they achieved being exactly the sales they expected. Not great, but not terrible, but it's going to get some people into this guitar. So it's like a plan for it? I could see that for sure. Sometimes there's that unexpected thing where they make a slightly limited edition run of the thing. And then there's the FOMO-y thing of just like, right. they're just gone. And then it just skyrockets. I'm sure Gibson would have loved that. Yeah. But I bet they were not disappointed with the sales it got. They must have been, uh, there must have been something going on because then in 2011, they kind of reintroduced it and they call it the SG Gothic Mort. Ooh, Mort. French for dead. Death. Yeah. Like La Petite Mort, the little death. Are you talking about orgasms now? Yeah. The Last Duel, Ridley Scott's The oh, Last Duel. Oh, yes. That was good. I thought it was awesome. Apparently it did not do too well. It didn't do well in the theaters, and Ridley Scott blamed millennials. Just feels like old guy out of touch. I think the days of blaming 40-year-olds, millennials are like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, exactly. And Ridley Scott, God bless him, the movie's awesome. So just chill out, Ridley. That movie was great. It's got a lot of the sex talk. You can learn things like you cannot conceive... Unless you have La Petite Mort. That's right. Unless you have the little death. It's impossible. That's the lesson. So Mort, 2011, they bring out the death version of this thing. Yeah, I don't know what was going on that they thought they'd take another run at that, but that didn't last very long either. In the now times, murdering out a guitar is pretty commonplace. Even Rickenbacker has a matte black version yep. of its guitars that you can get. Yeah. That's kind of where we are now. But I'm still wondering, with the history of the SG and all the kind of guitar heroes... Jimmy Iommi. Jimmy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Tommy? 
Tony? What's his name? Uh, T-Bird. Uh, <laughs> that guy. Uh, right. Yeah. Dark Sabbath? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tony. He plays an SG. Yes. In Black Sabbath. Sure. People know SGs and what they do and what they sound like. Yet they put this out. The Gibson side, the 1976 Firebird, where it's got the red, white, red, and, white and blue logo on it. I think that one's kind of cool. There's worse, I suppose. Like, uh, have you seen those Dale Earnhardt Les Pauls? Oh, my God. It's got the racing number and it's got the belt buckle strap that you can't figure out how it goes on or comes off. Yeah, that's terrible. That's like weirdo signature thing. The signature stuff is nuts. Yeah. But then where does something like a competition Mustang from back in the day fall in? Was a competition limited or was that an option you could order? I think it was the latter. You could get it with a competition paint job and it was more, which is not exactly a limited. I don't know. I wonder when all that started. You know, so here's Gibson in 2000 saying, hey man, let's take these four or five guitars and let's make them all black, all matte black. It'll be a thing. We'll call it the Gothic series. What's the earliest example of that? I just can't imagine in 1932, Gibson's like, I got an idea. Chet Atkins is a pretty early example. Of the signature style? Yeah, yeah. Like that's probably the earliest I can think of where it's like, we're taking dude's name, we're playing off of his fame yeah. to sell our guitars. We're going to make that's... a model specifically with his name on it. Yeah. That's a good point. Fender, famously, you could go to the plant and say, hey, I want this custom color. And they would just walk down to the paint store two doors down and just like paint your guitar, right. whatever color you wanted. Yeah. Like they would do that from the earliest days, which is why some of those custom color fenders are so expensive because no one did it. Then there's the secondary market. Here we are in 2022. And what are we looking at for one of these things that didn't sell very well and isn't particularly remarkable? Although I must say, maybe it's the ebony neck. I'm not really sure. <laughs> It plays nicely. I would almost want to say there's something with this guitar that I just kind of don't like. But you mentioned the murdered out Rickenbacker. Yeah. They look very, very similar in that they have the non-matted hardware. They've got that like shiny hardware on the murdered out body. And I do not like those either. Ah, interesting. I would not be surprised... If that guitar just sold reasonably well, there are probably data scientists at Gibson. I would not be surprised if their bean counters are actual PhDs in mathematics, figuring out equations that are like, if we make this signature guitar, we expect that it will sell some number, and that number is greater than if they didn't make the guitar. They're going to get some new metal dude who instead of buying a weirdo Charvel or, you know, an Ibanez, instead of buying the Ibanez, he's going to buy a Gibson and that's going to make a lifelong Gibson customer. Let's just paint an SG all black. <laughs> yeah. We'll call like, it the Gothic. But All right. The effort that it took them to make this guitar is virtually zero. 
The only thing they had to do differently was put that inlay on the 12th fret. Yeah. yeah. Do we have black hardware? Yes. Can we paint it black? Yes. Done. Yeah. As SGs go, the good part is that this has nothing wrong with it. For sure. So it's not like, oh, those suck. I don't want to play that one. Right. This thing plays and sounds like an SG, and that's good. You gotta try it. Try and decide. Is it hello or goodbye? Goodbye or goodbye. So, Ed, weirdo, gothic, matte black SG guitar. Deny. Deny? Yeah. What do you think of that? I think that's probably fair. Yeah. I think if the price was like in some weird place and you thought, oh, I want to get an SG, I don't know what to get, and this was lower than something more typical, I don't know. I think SGs are rad. I don't own one right now. I've owned a couple in the past. They're just cool. I dig them a lot. So SGs are always in my buy list. Yes. This SG is not in my buy list. I wonder if it didn't have that crescent moon thing. If it were just a black fretboard, I would like it a little more. The symbol is too fraught to my mind. There's just too much tied into it. Yeah. Okay, so last duel, watch it. Station yep. 11, watch it. Absolutely. Read the book. Yes. SG Gothic, don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, we're going to put pictures of this up there for those of you who want to look at uh, Devly Masonic... Weirdo guitars. Weirdo guitars. Mm-hmm. And see what you think. Sure. Get in touch with us however you like. Leave a review on your social media platform of choice. Yep. Because we're on all of them. Yeah. We're probably going to try and do some debugging of audio hardware things this week. Yes. So our guest game can be stepped back up. That's right. We've taken the L this week. Yeah, but next week, it's going to be great. All right, John. All right, Ed. (laughs) People should go to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and they should leave reviews. We're the high gain everywhere. Yep, high gain everywhere. Okay, Ed. Bye. Bye.